0: I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever, but don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and today we're going to be talking about some difficult topics. What do you do if you're gay and also a Christian? How would you be honest with yourself and others about your personal identity if you felt like the Christian church would hate it if they knew who you really were? We're going to be hearing a powerful story that addresses some of those hard questions, a story full of nuance, grace, and I think freedom as well. Before we get into that conversation, I want to take a moment and thank one of our patrons, Alan Crostick. Alan, thank you for your encouragement and support of this program. And friend, if you are a regular listener of the Finding Something Real podcast, would you consider joining Alan and others by becoming part of our Patreon community for your support of starting at $5 a month, friend? You'll get access to our private Facebook community, a one-time pack of custom stickers, and a thank you note from me. And every month, a special bonus episode where my monthly co-host and I have a casual but important conversation about what impact, if any, this podcasting journey has had on her. We are so thankful for each of you who support this program with your prayers, encouragement, reviews, and financial support. And you can find out more about Patreon specifically by visiting my website, findingsomethingreal.com. So every month, I've been featuring a different co-host and her journey And if you haven't already listened to my June co-host share her personal story and questions she has about Christianity on the podcast, I encourage you to please go back and take a listen because I think you're going to find her story very interesting and powerful. But Mariah, I'm so glad that you are
1: back today. Yes, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm excited too, honestly. (laughs) Excited. (laughs) It's a it's a
0: big conversation. so Mariah, you, it's so funny, because um, we actually haven't talked for a few weeks, even though your episode's mm-hmm. going to air the week before this one does. And I was just on Instagram before this. And I saw on your stories that you had a special gift from a very unlikely place that you were really excited about. So I want to hear about that if you're willing to share.
1: It's really cute. Um, I have it here, you probably can't see it. But it's um, a prayer cloth. And it's like a pocket one. And I went to get a consultation for a hearing aid so completely random but the doctor that was helping me actually started asking me about what I'm doing for school which I'm an elementary education major and I recently got accepted into my school's program for that which is really exciting but we were just kind of talking about that and the reasons that I wanted to be a teacher and she was very encouraging and started talking about her own journey to get her PhD and just everything that she went through with that and it was definitely very relatable to me and just kind of back and forth and so we talked about it and overall she was really encouraging and started talking about how um special my journey has been and just the impact that i can have in the future and just how great of a person i am which is like really cool and i almost cried <laughs> <laughs> and so it has um on the card it has isaiah forty-one ten. um do not fear for i'm with you do not be dismayed for i'm your god i will strengthen you and help you i will i will uphold you with my righteous right hand And then. Yeah, and then it just kind of explains on the back. And then she explained that her church, um, obviously with the prayer cloth, each stitch has a prayer in it. And she explained that her church specifically, I don't know if all of them are made this way, is once they're all made, they kind of get them in a group. And then their uh, pastor prays over them as well than just the stitches. So, yeah, I thought it was really cool.
0: That is really cool. Yeah, you
1: were telling me earlier
0: that you just feel like God's uh, closer than maybe in the past.
1: I would definitely say so. I mean, I had this today, and then I remember um, the last time we recorded, I mentioned that I found that note at work, like the day before recording too. So yeah, just definitely um, different experiences, and I think just because usually I think my experiences prior has typically been just people being like, "Oh, have you heard about Jesus?" and more of just kind of like, um, I don't know what it's called, but <laughs> but just kind of like spreading the church and not necessarily just being like, "Oh." here's encouragement through that. So it's definitely a different type of communication, but it's definitely a lot more present than it used to be, which is yeah. interesting.
0: Well, and when I see that little cloth, I think you called it a cloth, mm-hmm. it looks more like a blanket, like a miniature blanket. Yeah. And when I think of blankets, I think of comfort, right? It's Her words mm-hmm. brought you
1: comfort today. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. crocheted
0: and it's Yeah, cool. a cross.
1: There's a yes. cross in there. I think it's really pretty. I honestly, I have no idea how, to make
0: these. Mariah and I uh, were excited because our guest today um, is our first guest that we're welcoming together. And his name is Zach Barrett. Zach comes highly recommended by his friend um, and former colleague, Lou Phillips. Um, You may remember he was on here, um, Lou was on here this podcast a few weeks ago talking about the topic of sex and identity with myself and my May co-host, Becca Schultz. Our guest today, Zach, currently resides at, I'm sorry, currently serves at the Austin Stone Community Church in their connections ministry and is involved with his church's engagement on the topic of sexuality. The Austin Stone is a church community centered on the person and mission of Jesus Christ. They're actively working to build a great city renewed and redeemed by the gospel. And previously, Zach spent five years touring with Unaltered Ministries. I'm really excited for our chat today with him. Welcome, Zach.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh my gosh, this is gonna be exciting because I don't know, first of all, Lou said amazing things about you and he wouldn't say amazing things about you if they weren't true, uh, but also- yeah, it's,
2: really, it's really hard for him to say nice things about me. So that's <laughs> how you know it's accurate.
0: <laughs> I, well, I don't know. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But I, I listened to a podcast that you, in fact, now I've listened to it twice. I listened to the whole thing once when I was driving a few weeks ago when I first was introduced to you and then uh, just today again, but it's this episode that, and I'll link it in the show notes for those listening, but it's an episode you recorded with Aaron and Jamie Ivey. Mm -hmm. Um, It was so powerful listening to your story. And I think something else that really um, stood out to me about you, Zach, is uh, the gentle way in which you share it. Um, it was really beautiful and powerful, and I knew after hearing you share your story on that podcast that I wanted you on mine to share your story um, with Mariah and I. And uh, yeah, if there's anyone who could share a story like that, I think God God called the right guy.
2: That's very kind of you. Thank you.
0: So please, uh, before we dive in, though, yeah. how can people who are listening to this find you online?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm on Instagram, uh, but not very active. Um, so it's not super helpful, but just my first and last name.
0: You have a website though. I do yep. have a website and it's Zach dot, dot com. Yep. Okay. And it's Zach Verret with two R's, two T's. Correct. Okay. We'll link that in the show notes too. So Zach, uh, we're here to hear your story. And then Mariah, um, I'm sure she's going to have some questions if she doesn't i have a whole list but great y- go for it we want to hear what you have to say
2: sure absolutely yeah uh as i said it's such an honor to to be invited here um so thank you for having me um and yeah it's funny it's funny when i think about my story is just kind of reflecting on it uh just today as as i was getting ready for this um and it's really just the same story on repeat. Uh, it is it is me, uh, a kid, that is trying to be perfect, and God keeps showing me that I'm actually broken and in need of His grace and His love. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's a short version, uh, and that plays out in a million different ways in my life. Um, and I think the the topic that uh, is most prevalent to today's conversation, would be the area of sexuality, uh, which is a huge part of my story. And so um, I would say how that played out in in um, in, in the topic of sexuality for me, uh, probably first started when I was, I think it was middle school, uh, when um, I was exposed to pornography at a young age. And uh, my parents actually found out uh, about that, and I think I think it was the end of middle school when they found out. And I remember having having that conversation with them, and um, I was a mess uh, because that was the first time in my life that I I couldn't like pretend that I was okay or perfect. Hmm. Um, and did
0: you grow up in a Christian home?
2: I did. I did. I had really awesome family. Um, still have an awesome family uh, <laughs> and yeah very involved in church um, and so I was always around Christianity and so that that's why it's hard to say like when exactly maybe I, I, I became a Christian but I know that the forgiveness of God was real to me probably more than it ever was when I uh, when my mom was like Zach that's In that moment, Zach, she said, Zach, that's that's what forgiveness means. That's what it means that like Christ died for you. I was like, Oh, that's it. (laughs) Um, And so I would say that that that's probably a start of a a lot of it. And then and then when I'm thinking about um my story and in relationship to my sexuality, uh, part part of growing up in the church environment, um, in a in a family surrounded by church culture um was that that I simultaneously experience these same-sex desires um, and attractions and in uh, and, and kind of the, the, the context around me um, was picking up things that um, I would see on TV where Christians um, are saying very hateful things to at like gay pride parades and um, or or different comments made by, by family members about uh, maybe another family member that that was gay and uh, and then and then even in my church and, and some of the the um, how my church handled this topic in some ways uh, all those things kind of lined up for me to to kind of subconsciously say that these these things that I feel these attractions that I experience they. Can't coincide with the Christian life, mm. from what I'm seeing around me, and therefore I can't tell anyone. And so I don't ever remember consciously thinking that. um But as I look back on my on my story and my upbringing, that was true for the first twenty years of my life. I mean, that was that was me, and again, that was me trying to be perfect <laughs> and. Mm-hmm and like keeping up that facade of, of, I'm a good kid. Um, and, and to hold or think about like these attractions that I, that I felt, um, there was such a fear in, in anyone ever finding out because, because that means that maybe I might not be a Christian and, and that I can't be a part of my church and maybe my family would, would not accept me. And, and, you know, um, and again, like I have an awesome relationship with my family. Um, and so, uh, even in that environment, I still h- held those fears. Um, and so, so fast forward, uh, to, to, out of high school, um, I joined this traveling ministry that, that you mentioned with, with unaltered ministries. And, um, I thought I was going to do a gap year and it turned into five gap years. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it was an incredible experience. Uh, but, um, my, my second year traveling, um, I found a sermon uh, through the church that I'm a part of now. And so uh was just referenced this church um, by, by the guys uh, that were leading uh, that, that team at the time. And so I just had their app and I was scrolling through as we were driving down, probably in the middle of Kansas somewhere. And um, I come across a sermon that says, is same-sex attraction a sin? And I look around me and I make sure that no one's watching <laughs> and I listen to it. Uh, and I just remember staring out the window, <laughs> driving down the highway somewhere, um, and just really for the first time thinking, that's me, uh, and, and coming to terms with these attractions that I've experienced. Um, and, and the beautiful part, I think, about what was explained through that sermon is that they reconciled these two things that had been, uh, split apart in my mind, um, that, that being gay and being a Christian are opposing, uh, they, they reconciled that in in a way that I've never heard before. Um, they shared that the gospel is good news for, for absolutely everyone. Uh, and that, uh, turns out we are all broken and we are all sexually broken. Um, and, uh, our sexual brokenness, no matter how it uh, appears or, or, or um, uh, displays itself, it, it's not, it, it can never keep us from the love of God. It can never keep us from, from him pursuing us and calling us his child. And so um, that was the start of a lot of change in my life and God continu- continuing to pursue me uh, and sometimes pursuing me in a way that wasn't super fun. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I just spent 20 years just hiding and um, just trying to be trying to be perfect. And and um, a lot of the years following that was was God kind of doing surgery uh, with a scalpel uh, that was sharp and it hurt. Uh, but it, it was to heal me. And heal me in ways that that I hadn't experienced before and so um, yeah fast forward did, did five years of that that I mentioned and and by the end of my uh, the last year that I was traveling I actually got to share my story through a spoken word that my friend wrote um, and uh, it was really really cool honor to have someone sit down with you hear your story and then actually write out a, a beautiful masterpiece um, of, of what God has done in your life. And, uh, and I got to perform that about 50 times across the U S. Um, and God did a lot of work in, in me throughout that experience. Um, at the end of that, it was 2018, uh, spring 2018, I wrapped up and that fall, I ended up moving to Austin, Texas, uh, to be a part of the work that that God is doing through the Austin Stone, um, and then the year following, uh, joined this residency uh, program that I'm that I'm a part of now, and I'm coming up on my second year uh, with that.
0: So I have so. a question for you, Zach. Uh, do you still perform that?
2: I don't. Uh, <laughs> it's you know.
0: amazing. I've heard parts <laughs> of it because it was in that podcast episode yeah. that I listened to.
2: Yeah, they they told me they were gonna play a little clip of it, and then next thing the I know, thing. It, it's the whole thing. So I was like, great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: but it's uh, it was so powerful hearing you share um, that that shame that you were hiding behind, and yeah. then the fear of what would people do if you came out. Because every I think one of the lines. I don't know if I wrote it here, but all I'd ever heard is that people with same-sex attraction don't belong in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, if I became fully known, I'd be fully rejected.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you say to that now?
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, what makes the gospel such good news is um, that there's nothing hidden hidden from God in my life. Um, and so I, I'm standing before the one that created me that actually knows every part of me. Um, and that includes all the good and all the bad. Um, and yet he, for some reason has seen it fit to, to take on the punishment that I deserved because of my sin um, in order to, to love me and, and have me and call, call me his, his own child. Um, and so there, there's been nothing that I've experienced like that kind of love. Um, because I think if you have fully known without being fully loved, it's terrifying. And if you have fully loved without being fully known, then it's kind of cheap. And, and so it's, I think where, where you have the fullest extent of both of those is an absolute sweetest thing.
0: There's a lot more questions I could ask, but yeah. I want to I check in with Mariah here and see if she wants to say anything or has any questions to ask.
1: I feel like I have a bunch of questions and there's just a bunch of things that are like relatable. Um, so kind of gathering, I would say, how do you think that that experience has shaped your relationship with Christ now, like currently where you stand? How do you think that has been impacted by everything?
2: Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. Um, so, uh, in, in my life, there has been nothing, um, like my sexuality that has brought me closer into closer intimacy with Jesus. Um, and so, so my relationship with, with Christ, um, I would say has been greatly formed by me wrestling through my sexuality uh, by me questioning the Bible, by me crying out to God, by me really struggling and and not feeling like he actually has my best in mind. Um, and, and those those really, really tough moments uh, he's just met me there and, and so, um, today it's not it's not perfect. I, I still experience attraction towards towards men, and um, it's not something that he has chosen to remove uh, from my story. And um, there's days that I, <laughs> where I'm at right now is great, and, and I'm believing Psalm Psalm 16. That is a psalm that I either pray through and am like shouting that I believe it, where it says like, he has given me a a cup of blessing. He is my portion. He holds my future In his presence is fullness of joy. Uh, and there's times where I'm like, yes. And amen. And there are times that I'm holding that Psalm and I'm reading it and I'm saying, God, I don't believe this. I don't believe this. This is really hard for me to see. Um, and yet still he is pursues me and loves me and and sits sits with me in that. So yeah, does that does that answer your question?
1: I think so.
0: Yeah. Can I can I jump in here and just ask a clarifying oh. question cuz I think there's going to be people listening to this wondering okay, he's gay, but is he practicing? Because I sure. think that that's a question that a lot of people want especially in the church yeah. question and what's the difference between being same-sex attracted yeah. and and gay and there's a lot of people who don't even want to ask these questions because they're so awkward but we're just gonna go there. we're gonna ask them.
2: Great I love it yeah yeah I think terminology is a great clarifying uh, question to, to hit first but I found it most helpful and I'm stealing this from a friend. Uh, so thank you uh, but he he explains his own attractions this way and I'm adapting it uh but i i'm attracted to men is the easiest way for me to explain my sexuality um <laughs> there's so much we can get into with uh, am i gay am i same sex attracted i find i find that terminology is is helpful to uh the context uh, that you're in and so there's there's people that i talk to where i would say that i'm gay mostly people outside of the church Uh, because if I said I'm same-sex attracted, it'd be like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get it, but that's really weird. Um, and, uh, and then most, mostly inside the context of the church, same-sex attraction is a helpful, um, term that, that kind of distinguishes from, uh, like actually pursuing same-sex relationships, uh, where, where saying I'm gay could include that. Um, and often people would assume that it that it did. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot more. So, okay, there, but...
0: here's a question. A good looking young man comes up to you and says, hey, I'm, I'm gay too. <laughs> like, let's go out for drinks or something. How do you respond to that in context of being attracted to men and also feeling closer to God, uh, because of your sexuality? How does that, how does that play out for you? Zach?
2: Yeah. Um, it's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it honestly, um, pursuing a relationship with someone of the same sex is, is not on the table for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have, uh, wrestled through that question and, and, um, wrestled through kind of some scripture and a lot of scripture and what, what God has for me uh, in, in what he and how he has designed marriage. um, And in a lot of ways um, have before, before I come to even like the idea of, of what does that mean for me? uh, God really met me with his gospel and his truth in a way of which I want to spend my life seeking to, to honor him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I've, I've said to God that, that I don't fully get it. I don't know all the implications of this, but here's my life. <laughs> Have your way with it. And, and according to, to scripture, I, I would say part of that submission is living in obedience to to how he has designed relationships to be between one man and one woman um and so for me while while there's temptation and that's kind of what I would describe as my my attraction is is that there's there's the temptation for that um to to even pursue a relationship there's temptation in a million other ways in my life as well to to put my identity in my sexuality, to put my identity in work, to put my uh, identity in what other people think about me. Um, but, but way before I'm like having that conversation with an attractive man, um, there is this this surrendering that I've um, that has happened in my life to, to God, where or pursuing a, re- a relationship with someone of the same sex is is not an option. Hmm.
0: I have one more question, and then I'm going to let Mariah ask whatever she wants. Um, it's pretty basic, but I think uh, I think it's necessary. How do you trust that God loves you and wants the best for you when you believe He won't let you have what
2: you want? I think I've just I've seen that what I want over time is may not always be the best thing for me, uh, and that's actually come to. Um, <laughs> to To elevate my, uh, um, how much uh, how much weight I put in my desires, uh, and elevate how much weight I put in um, who God is, mm-hmm. and and so there's there's the character of God that is, um, fully good, and fully kind, and fully loving, um, and so. I think I've, I think I've just come to trust that. And a lot of that has, has been with me. Pursuing maybe something I want and then realizing that it's actually not that great for me. It's actually, wasn't healthy. And I really thought it was. Uh, and yet here I am feeling empty again. Um, and so maybe, maybe God actually does have my best in mind and maybe he's actually fully good. And um, and I can trust them in that way. And so, yeah, I think I think a lot of it has been been looking to the character of God. Um, I'm thinking of, you know, like a little kid uh, that wants to play with the with the socket, and the outlet and and, you know, his desire to, to play with it may be really strong. Uh, <laughs> but any good parent is going to say, I love you enough to tell you not to do that. And so I think I've realized in my life that I'm that kid, (laughs) so.
1: Okay, well, I know you kind of talked about um, differences in terminology and, like, how you um, express just using different labels and just terminology to use it, Um, and we've kind of talked about, like, how the church views um, your stance on this. How do you think... um, I don't know how many of your friends are Christians or not Christians, but like, how do you think um, people that kind of have a more worldly view of like, eh, it's fine, I guess. um, How do you think they kind of respond to you instead of like the church responding?
2: Yeah. Um, So I think, I think um, it's necessary to, to start in answering that question with, um, just saying that the church has has handled the topic of sexuality, uh, especially um, <laughs> homosexuality with uh, like very, very poorly. Um, and I think I think any any Christian really looking <laughs> at the church's response historically, uh, there needs to be a lot of just humility and, and repentance. Um, and so, um, I think that's where we need to start. Um, and then I think kind of in answering that as as well, when, uh, when we think about the gospel, um, it, it is always an invitation of love and affection before um, life change. Mm -hmm. And and so for some reason, the church has, has mixed that up when it comes to, to same-sex marriages and same-sex sex. And, um, it has become this, this worser sin. And, um, and that's not the story of the gospel, uh, because a lot of Christians have said, stop doing that Become straight and then come to our church, um, and so I think when we engage in this in this topic, any any person that um, outside of the church that I've talked to recently, um, I I just really try to approach the conversation with as much humility and grace um, as I can because because we've done a very poor job, and that's not a that's not a them, like that is us as the church. Uh, like I am part of the, the big C church that, that has handled that poorly. And so, uh, there is, there's is a right response for me to, to apologize and to humbly, um, approach that conversation, uh, with that weightiness. And so that's kind of a lot of how I start that, that, that engagement. Um, and would encourage others to as well. I, I've kind of had the unfair advantage of of knowing about the Austin Stone the church that I'm a part of uh, through that through that sermon that I heard years ago, and so I knew that it was a, a safe environment where I could um, where I, where I could come to the church and um, where I wouldn't be uh, thrown out of, and and so definitely grateful for for that walking into
0: Zach in the podcast episode with the Ivies, you shared about an older man that you came across. I don't think he was in the church, an older gay man perhaps who uh, felt bad for you.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, would you be willing to talk about that about
2: sure yeah uh so so I think I think that's the I think those are the two kind of responses that I get is either, um, someone that's within the church kind of responding to, um, the way I'm living my life and, uh, accepting and, and, and supporting me in, in that, um, or, uh, someone maybe outside of the church and that's not a one for one for sure, but, um, that, that interaction with, with the man, um, uh, they there's actually a group of them and so, so two of them were gay uh one was not just a, just a friend and um and we got to sharing stories and i was with my group of friends as well and um and it was a really fun time of just diving in and sharing stories and knowing each other and um uh randomly meeting each other at this park but but we got down to it and me sharing my story and sharing how i'm uh how i see like obedience to to god with my same-sex attraction means that I uh, am not pursuing same-sex sex or same-sex relationships uh, and and their response was that of uh, like sadness and and saying like sorry like like we don't want you to be uh, oppressed and um, um, and to be denying yourself and uh, we want freedom for you and and um, and it was really like it was very genuine too. It was very much them wanting the best for me. um and so um, it was a really kind uh response, um in a way that I actually felt cared for uh by how they responded. um, and so uh my my response kind of to that though was um that I live in a city uh, that has churches where I could um, live out my same-sex desires uh, and pursue Christianity and, and be involved in that church where where their theology would um, permit that. and um, and so there there's no one and I'm you know, 24 hours away from my family. Uh, and so there's there's no one here that's telling me, how i should live my life or, or that i have to be at this church uh, but it, it is truly because i have experienced um, a relationship with god that that proves to be worth everything else and and that's how i want to live my life in response to him is by honoring and obeying what what he has for me um, mm. so yeah
0: there was something else that i uh, i believe you said in that uh, conversation with the ivies and you were talking about that sentiment coming from the church and how that's harder in some ways. Would you would you share about that? Because I think there's been. I mean, I grew up in the nineties, right? Uh, where uh, you know purity culture and all these different things. I actually had a really good experience in the nineties. I don't have anything bad to say about the nineties. I was great, uh, but I understand what people think about the nineties, right? Sure. This way or the highway kind of thing. Um, things have changed a lot in the last thirty years. And now, what I see shifting in the church is, um, in general, is this idea of well, actually, the Bible didn't actually say that, or maybe the Bible was changed uh, in 1946 or whatever it was. And um, so, why don't you just, you know, stop denying yourself and enjoy right. what God God loves you. So, hmm. how do you respond to that objection or that freedom, sure. quote unquote, freedom coming from the church saying? Zach, God never asked you to do this.
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Thanks thanks for asking that. Um, I find it difficult to have conversations with Christians that would encourage uh, me pursuing same-sex relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so much wrapped up in that, uh, but I think a lot of it is discouraging for me is because in a lot of ways, this is, this is the cross that this is a cross that I'm carrying, uh, in honor to, in order to, to honor my Lord. Um, and so for someone in, um, the same family, like big family as Christians to, to say, Oh, you don't need to carry that. Why, why are you carrying that? Uh, it's it's discouraging um and although that's probably like good intent um it it would make sense uh for that to come from someone that is outside christianity outside that family um uh, because they don't in a very real way uh like like i said earlier like like living in obedience to christ makes no sense outside of the gospel right outside of god's love for you why i mean why not pursue absolutely every desire that you have um and so for someone to respond to me uh that is not a christian in in that way makes total sense right um for someone to respond to me that way um within this, this family that, uh, should be, should be safe for me, uh, is, it's just more difficult. Um, it takes a lot to, mm. to navigate. And so there's, there's a ton there, uh, I think wrapped up in that is the idolatry of marriage, uh, our view of singleness, um, and yeah. what we think will actually fulfill us. But Well, it's
0: yeah. so interesting because I think the church has taken that shift because they've heard, Um, And rightly so. Uh, They've felt maybe convicted about the lack of safety that they've provided to people uh, historically in the last 30 years, especially uh, Mm. who come out. Right. So now there's been this shift the other direction. And what you're talking about is a tension in the middle between this grace and truth that's really a tight, a tightrope. Um, I want to ask something that Mariah brought up in our conversation and and I'm going to let her talk, even though I like have a million questions. Um, she's smiling, so it's okay. Um, but one thing that she brought up that I think is a really legitimate question, because we talked a little bit about this issue when we were talking, um, is even if it was a sin, um, why Jesus died? Why not keep sinning? Um, and you know, deal with it when you get to heaven and and tell him, Hey, I I just couldn't, this is my sin and I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's a great question. Um, and honestly, I would say, and and I I think I'm quoting some, some famous pastor, but the key, the key to sounding smart is to forget the people that that you're quoting. So, um, Uh, if you, if you haven't thought that about God's grace, like why, why would I stop sinning? Then you probably haven't actually understood God's grace. And so I would say that response actually makes a lot of sense to to think that it makes a lot of sense because you're saying, man, this is too good to be true you're telling me that there is nothing I can do that God won't forgive me. That's like, oh my gosh, why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't I just pursue it all? Um, And yet at the same time, um, what what I love about scripture is that it actually speaks to the questions that like we wrestle with. Uh, And so there's that perfect example in in Romans six in the beginning of Romans six, uh, it is literally that question: like, should we take advantage of grace? Um, and Paul's response is by by no means. And and his whole all of Romans is wrapped up, uh, especially up until that point, about um, this gospel and this goodness of grace and and where where it is it is too good to be true, and, and yet our response should be one that uh, that receives that love and grace and wants to to love God in in response to it and not not take advantage of of the grace that he's he's given Uh, and yet when we fail and we still take advantage and we still sin there's more grace and so and so I would say that um I would say again that there's a really tough tension there um but I was also also thinking about uh this morning just reading through John John 14 and 15. And there's this
0: I was just reading that today too. John oh 15. <laughs> it's
2: so it's so good. And 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 so the Jesus is talking about to the disciples about uh he's gonna leave, uh, but but he's gonna give the helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Um, and there's so much in that text multiple times where where Jesus says, "If you love me, you will do what I command." Uh, and so there's this there's this tension where where obedience never earns God love, and yet obedience is always a fruit of God's love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet wrapped up in that text is is God saying, "I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm not leaving you on your own. Like I am leaving uh, this earth in my physical form, but I am not leaving you as orphans. Like you are my son." You are my daughter, and I am giving you the Holy Spirit to, to remind you of these things, to help you walk in obedience uh, to his word. And, and then and then John 15, talking about abiding in Christ and how we actually can't do anything apart from Jesus, um, how it is only by remaining in his love and, and in him that, that fruitfulness uh, and life. Uh, comes out of our life, uh, like he's he's the vine, we are the branches. Period. We can't, apart from him, we can't do anything. And so, um, yeah. So I think you. I think it's it's just remaining with Jesus, relying on the Holy Spirit that um, that actually produces good fruit for us to obey uh, what Paul talks about in Romans six and and uh, not taking advantage of His grace. Mm-hmm.
1: So basically i should read romans
2: <laughs> Romans is great it's a lot read more <laughs> there's a lot there mm-hmm.
1: it's good read it and and
0: john at the same time Then yeah. uh the love <laughs> and the truth
2: that's good
0: yeah mm-hmm. Raya, do you have something
1: um i don't know it might be too much of a personal question but um something that i thought about that you kind of like made me think of it is um so for me personally it took such a long time to like figure out what my attractions were and to accept that for myself. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, I don't even, I can't even imagine like being able to let go of that because of how hard it was to get to that point. What do you think helped you kind of get through that? Cause I know for me, like I said, I don't know if I could ever let that go. So kind of like what helped make that easier, I guess. I don't know if it's hard for
2: you or not, yeah. but. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for asking that. Um, uh, so I think, so I would actually say that I haven't let go of my same-sex attractions or desires. Um, meaning, meaning that it still exists. That it's not; it's yeah. still a part of my life. <laughs> Uh and so I, I would actually say kind of what you're hinting at is, is this idea of identity. Mm-hmm. Um and I think where it gets so confusing uh today and in our culture and how we talk about sexuality um from pretty much from every angle, even within the church, is that your your sexuality is your identity. Um, And that's, that's actually just not, not true. Um, And it's actually, like, shaky and and scary at best, if if you were to place your full identity in your sexuality. Um, And so I never want to diminish what you're Mm -hmm. feeling. um, And and like, I remember, I just remember many, many moments of, of saying this feels so true to who I am. This feels a part of me. This feels, this feels like like who I am. Um, and, and that's why like sexuality is so unique in this way and, and why it's so easy to, to mistake it for our identity. Um, but it really is just a part of who we are uh your sexuality is not who is all, not all of who you are and so um when we when we place the weight of our identity on sexuality is it is actually a terrifying thing um i was talking i was talking to a a friend that is is not a christian and uh, he was really wrestling through um some of that because he has played, he, he up until that point had placed his identity as being a gay man and, and, and living that out in um, how he, he wanted to. And, um, and then uh, through a situation uh, was like, maybe I'm also attracted to women. And it, it was like, it was like world shaking for him. It was really tough for him to, to come to terms with um, because he had spent so long identifying, like placing his identity on, um, his, his, like being a gay man, his attraction towards men. Um, and, and I think that's just, I share that to say, like, that's an example of how, how shaky our sexuality actually is. That's not actually meant to bear the full weight of our identity. And so, um, I did I'd encourage you that it's not, it's not a matter of, you figuring out, um, like wrestling through more of more of what that means. And, and now I have to let this go or, or whatever, but it, it is a matter of, of surrendering every area of your life to God and, and saying, all right, God, every, every part of me, even, even the parts that feel so real to me that feel like who I am, they're yours. Um, and I'm going to trust that that you have called me your daughter and that you um (laughs) you love me and you have given me a new identity and that is the basis for which I can live out every other area of my life does that make sense?
1: I think it does because even like saying I can't imagine giving it up it's hearing you talk the more of that is just how much that has been my identity even like saying like oh it's hard to accept because it definitely seems like it changes a lot but then if you really look at it it doesn't really change that much it's just kind of I think it's hard to not make it your identity especially with um just how big of a topic it is within the church and within society and how wrestled over it is it really does make it seem like that's you know this one part of you defines Mm -hmm. every part of the way that you are in a situation if that makes
2: sense. Absolutely. It makes total sense. And and I think you're right to, to feel that and experience it and, and to even recognize that that is, that is the narrative in our culture and in, in a lot of our churches.
0: Zach, I want to ask you a follow-up question to what you just shared with Mariah, which is
3: mm-hmm.
0: it, it obviously our identity is found first in Christ, right. And everything is comes as an outflow. In fact, I think one of the things you said um, earlier, you said with the Ivies, but I know you, sh- you shared um, with us is you can't expect change before the gospel, but change is the result of the gospel. Yeah. Have you ever been angry with God that he didn't change your desire that he hasn't made you attracted to women or, uh, you know, g- taken away the desire?
2: Yeah. Um, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there's absolutely, there's absolutely moments uh, of that. Um, I would honestly say that's something that that has really helped is uh, being around uh, friends that have gotten married uh, and being around families, um, and and just realizing that it turns out we're all broken and that marriage <laughs> is not actually <laughs> the solution yeah. and won't actually like like I no honestly though I had a just just the other day had a conversation with a friend who recently got married um, and was was just really wrestling with loneliness. Um and um like had recently moved and and just all I mean being in the middle of, of COVID this past year was was especially difficult uh for the loneliness. But but I kind of told him like it, it's it's almost unfair because people people will look at my life and say, oh he's single, he's lonely. That makes sense. Um <laughs> like if I share that I struggle if I'm struggling with loneliness people will look at his life and say, no, you're married. You got like a lifelong partner. Like what more, like you should be fine. Like go, you're fine. That's not real. Um, and, and so, so hearing, hearing stories, talking to friends and realizing that, that even if I were attracted to the opposite sex and I would pursue a relationship and a marriage that it's not actually the answer, mm-hmm. um, and so I, where I would say, yes, I've definitely asked that question. I would say I've asked it less and less recently.
0: Right, you got any more questions?
1: None that I can think of. I'll probably think of a ton once we stop talking and <laughs> no. called like off, but I'll fun. give you a <laughs> email. Um,
0: Zach, so I'd love for you to answer this question because as I shared with you before we started recording, when I, when I'm recording this podcast, I always think of the girl that's not sure about faith. But I yeah. know that there's Christians who listen to this podcast. Um, how can the church do better? Um, we had I had a guy on here, a great episode with a guy named Drew Berryessa. Um, he's got a, a great ministry. Um mm-hmm. And he said, uh, when we were talking about this very topic, he's like, uh, Christians should feel a lot more tense all the time because <laughs> uh, it's a tension between grace and truth and living it out. Um, mm. And if you don't feel comfortable, you're doing the right thing basically. Um, but uh, what advice would you give to Christians who are listening to this as they're trying to figure out like how how do I respond in a world that says one thing in a, a Bible that maybe says something different, and yet, how do I walk this like loving line? What, how do you do that?
2: Yeah. And in, in Mark 10, uh, Sam Albury sa- says this a lot. Um, uh, Mark 10, after the story of the rich young ruler, um, Jesus says, no, one, and Peter is boastful saying, you know, we've, less, we've left everything for you. And, and Jesus's response to that is, is saying, that no one has left mother, father, children, family, land for my namesake and for the sake of the gospel and not receive a hundredfold in this life and in the next. Um, and and Sam's point in a lot of that is is that um, the church is the fulfillment of that promise.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and his call to action that I think is so needed is that we need as the church, we need to be the fulfillment of that promise. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, obeying Jesus looks like me may never to have children of my own. Looks like I may never have a wife. Um, And so (laughs) I might not, not have a a nuclear family. And, And so what, is the church doing to say, um, we are that family. We are the fulfillment of, of Mark 10. We are, we are brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers to you. Um, and you get to be that to our children and into our families. And and part of, part of the, what made, um, sharing my story with Ivy so special is that they have been that to me, both as like their nuclear family has literally opened the door to me, uh, where, where I can walk in at any time and feel loved, um, and, and cared for, and just one of them, uh, but both, both as a church, um, we, we, um, we have a long way to go in our church, um, but we have been engaging, and they have been engaging in this conversation way before I got here, um, and so, this past year, we've, we've gotten to see, um, God just do some pretty cool stuff in the area of sexuality. Uh, and, and part of it has been this community of, of believers, uh, that on some level experience attractions to the same sex. Um, and, uh, God actually expanded it and grew it over COVID when, uh, we were just kind of all on zoom and, um, it's been really, really sweet to see, uh, a very organic growth in, in that way. And, um, I'm looking forward to what God has next, uh, but, but I remember we had Easter dinner, uh, this past year, and it was really the first time that a lot of us like actually hung out in person. Some were meeting for the first time in person, um, kind of on the back end of, of COVID. And, um, it was It was the the most incredible evening Mm. of of my life. Like, pretty confidently saying that. Um, And part of it uh, was a really good meal. uh, But part (laughs) of it, the other part, uh, which I think is more accurate, is that we were brothers and sisters in that group. Uh, We were brothers and sisters around a dinner table that we're celebrating what Christ had done. And that's heaven. Like that, that's a glimpse of heaven. That is what we will be doing for eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, if I, if I ever get on little soap boxes, it's on the soapbox of that the church needs to elevate being brothers and sisters. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my part of my dream for, for our church, that the church that I'm a part of, uh, would be that we would elevate, uh, the relationship between each other of uh, brother and sister as being the most valuable.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and that if marriage comes out of some of those relationships, praise God, marriage is a beautiful depiction of the gospel. Um, but when you die, marriage isn't the thing anymore, mm-hmm. but, but being a brother and a sister and being in the family of God is that's, that's an internal status. And so I would love for our church to, to represent that here and now, to, yeah. to be brothers and sisters.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, one other question, then I'm going to let Mariah ask the final question, which I'm going to send over to her right now. She didn't know I was going to do that to her. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who's wrestling with same-sex attraction and just wondering, like, what do I do with this? I mean, this is, it's messy, Zach. Uh, (laughs) but maybe they want to follow Jesus, but they're wrestling with this too. What advice would you give to them?
2: Yeah. It's a great question. Um, I think I would say go to God with it. Um, God is not ashamed of you and he's not afraid of you and he's, and you, you can't offend him. He's the, he's the God of this universe. And, Um, and he, he desires to like, to work that out with you. Um, and he's inviting you in, into that. And so, um, I think I spent a lot of my life, not, I think I absolutely spent a lot of my life, uh, not being fully known by God on on my end. Right. God fully knew me. was fully aware. Uh, but I, I kept hiding things from him and so where i found the most freedom and the most uh affection and love from god is isn't just being real and just sharing and opening myself up to him even even the parts of my sexuality um and then i'll just say dive into scripture uh i mean it is it is full of life it is active and living and breathing um and it's pointing us to what Christ has done for us. And so uh, one of my favorite things that I did this past year, uh, which uh, was advice given to me um, uh, was to, to read through John and simply ask the question, who is Jesus? Mm. And it is, it has been so fruitful just to sit in that um, and just to, just to be reminded and, And further dive into the heart of heart of our gods. And so if that's a if that's a good starting point, then I would say say do that. Um but yeah.
1: Okay. The Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those four gifts that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, which stands out to you the most right now and why?
2: I think restoration uh, would be my favorite um it feels weird to pick uh they're all great but but that's the work that jesus is doing uh from now until we we meet him face to face until he returns uh and so i want to join in with jesus and be a part of that restoration um and so yeah yeah i love i love restoration and um love the idea that that jesus is Inviting us into that process with him because that's the work that he's he's doing.
3: Love it.
0: Well, Zach Barrett and uh, Mariah, thank you both so, so much for being here. Um, until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus, I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with him. Until next time.